0: And welcome to the Guy Cash to weekly feel-good podcast with Game of Thrones talks, a ton of movie reviews, news on brand new streaming services, brand new Harry Potter book for your listening pleasure, and so much more. I'm your host, Andrew Logan, and let's dive right into it. This week, we have a ton of excellent stuff to talk about. I have recorded segments of this podcast all throughout this week whenever brand new news hit the scene oh my god there's so much going on we got a new star wars trailer disney plus we got the new game of thrones season holy shit let's go and i watched a couple of movies oh man there's there's a ton of stuff in here to really just kind of sink your teeth into nice big long episode but let's not waste any more time and get right into it A long time ago, back when color was just an imagination of the television audiences, there was a show called The Twilight Zone. You'd, you entered a door, you saw an eyeball, spun around, and then you heard a song. And it was great. My favorite episode of The Twilight Zone is probably the first one. So, if you ever wanted to see what old school Twilight Zone episodes were like, just play the very first episode, and it's good it holds up like some of those old school episodes of *The Twilight Zone are fucking great and they started a lot of pop culture references that we use to this day but also there's a bunch of bad episodes uh, but they decided over there at CBS to remake the Twilight Zone with a Mr. Jordan Peele of Key and Peele fame incredibly funny guy but nowadays he's probably better known for his horror movies which have all done tremendously well because it turns out this guy knows what he's doing so props to him the first episode of the Twilight Zone is available on YouTube for free right now on the CBS All Access YouTube channel. And it's okay. It um it tells the tale that I felt was a little thin for the hour long runtime it has. Not like 45 minutes plus commercials. Solid hour. Solid hour. CBS All Access, there's no commercials. So it's the full fucking hour of stuff. Um The actors in the uh, episode are Phenomenal. They were, you know, they're, they're mostly big names, um, in, in this show, like Seth Rogan's in there in an episode, like, which I can appreciate. I love when like actors who are relatively large come in and do something like this as kind of like a, a fun thing, which is, um, it's fun to, to watch them kind of do a different kind of acting performance. It was Okay. I would say it it actually does a fairly decent job at capturing that old Twilight Zone magic because, as I just mentioned, some episodes are awesome and some episodes suck, but then some episodes are just kind of, yeah, whatever. And this is kind of one of those, yeah, whatever episodes. So it definitely retains enough of the old feel, like the narration and the bongos and the general um, kind of collapsed psyche of the of the focal character. Um, they usually go through some kind of traumatic thing in a Twilight Zone episodes. So there's usually some kind of something going on there and there was some kind of something going on here too. I don't want to give it away because honest to God, one of the most vital parts of any of these shows, Twilight Zone, Black Mirror, you name it, is not knowing what the fuck is coming down the pipeline. you gotta you gotta ride every twist and turn you know by ruin the suspense by going like, oh it was you know, it's the butler then you're like, ah fuck well there you go that's just the whole thing ruined. Um, I'm not sure I'd recommend seeing it. If you're a super big, diehard Twilight Zone fan, then you probably already did see it. But outside of that, if you're going to see a show like this... Granted, I'm probably not going to see the rest of the season of the Twilight Zone because I don't want to pay for CBS All Access. Um, I've heard... I haven't witnessed... Because I've heard really good things about, about Black Mirror. And because I've heard really good things about Black Mirror... I'm guessing it probably does its job really well. And I don't handle Spooky very much. And that probably begs the question, why was I watching The Twilight Zone? Well, The Twilight Zone, I've got a pretty good idea of what I'm getting myself into. I understand what the show used to be. And I know how dark it got, which wasn't very, but it did a lot with how, like, like the scope of its sphere meter was pretty narrow in the twilight zone like it got fairly spooky but not like fucking white knuckle fear you know it was more it was deeper it, was, it made you think more about terrifying concepts um so it was kind of comforting in that sense because i have a pretty good gauge for how dark the twilight zone can get and it's not that dark in the grand scheme of things at least from my experience so i i felt pretty safe going into this episode of, uh, of the twilight zone and honestly having big name actors you recognize kind of negates some of the fear like the first time i ever saw tim curry in a movie was muppet treasure island and then later when i went back and saw the original it miniseries that he did the fear was just it wasn't there it was non-existent because in my head tim curry is long john silver and later professor finbar calamitous from jimmy neutron yeah i bet you didn't know that how about nigel thornberry from the wild thornberries he did that too and then I read stories like he auditioned to be the Joker in Batman the Animated Series and was told by the casting directors that his Joker was quote too terrifying for TV. And I got to wonder like what did he do? Cuz Mark Hamill was a pretty terrifying Joker, but there's no fear there cuz he's Luke Skywalker. You know what I'm saying? Do you do you see like I associate the actor with a with a with a character of no fear so that when they come back and do fear, it's nothing's there. There's, there is no fear. So it's kind of, kind of ruins the film, I guess. Like if, if they can't sell me on them being scary or them being afraid, then like, I don't know. They did such a good job in this other thing. I can't take them seriously in this thing. You know, Tim Curry did a great job as Pennywise. I just wasn't scared. Cause I'm like, oh, Tim Curry, long John silver. He wouldn't hurt me. You know, that kind of thing. And he's a, he's a fucking sweetheart. Tim Curry's the best. But that's just kind of, eh, that's how, how my brain operates. So, kind of like knowing how a magic trick works. The magic's gone. You can still appreciate the trick for what it was, but since you know how it happened, it doesn't have the same uh, mystique about it. And same with horror films. Like, if you know how they're made, you know the people who are in it, you know, it's, it's, it kind of takes away some of that Terrifying, always behind the door shit. So it was all right. Twilight Zone, I'd give it like a f- f- C, I guess. I don't know. Concept was thin. This was not the episode I would have opened the season with. I'm sure there are better ones, but that's the way they decided to go. So, you know, if you have absolutely nothing else to do, you could probably still find something better to do than watch this episode of Twilight Zone. Like watching old episodes of Twilight Zone you can watch two incredible episodes of the original twilight zone instead of watching this one so that's what i would recommend and that shit's on netflix and you can probably find old episodes on youtube for fucking free youtube's a pretty good resource just do a little digging and you'll probably find something so just uh, send you on that road but uh why don't you talk about it because it's you know it's fairly new and i was pretty excited i'm i you know maybe if they do like a dvd release later on down the road and i can just buy like the collection i'll check it out because um Honest to God, I'd rather spend money on physical DVDs or getting them digitally one at a time than getting into CBS All Access. Because I heard Star Trek blows, and The Orville is way better. Anyway, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. I'm gonna talk about Game of Thrones now because it started last Sunday. <laughs> That's my musical intro for this brand new segment of six weeks where I talk about Game of Thrones and uh how how the episode went not gonna get into spoilers but then again at least in this episode not a lot of spoilers to really talk about it was mostly hey remember this person oh shit! look who it is here comes another one see you next week and i'm like okay (laughs) nothing really happened that's fine i mean you know can't all be you know getting eaten by dogs and chopping off wieners but yeah, I was expecting a little bit more. It's only six episodes this fucking season. Each one's supposed to be an hour and a half long. This one's a solid hour. Again, that's fine. Um, but it's, you know, there's a lot. It's a lot of hype. It's a lot of hype around Game of Thrones. I was expecting them to come out of the gate a bit more, you know, ready to duke it out. But no, it was just kind of, you know, here, here we come. Got an army. Where's your crown? I put it down. Here's the new crown. Gave it, to, gave it to them. Cool. Uh, hey, turns out you've had a crown your whole life. What? It's crazy. See you next week. Game of Thrones. Every every Sunday, six Sundays, 2019. You know, <laughs> it was it was good. I liked it. Um, I was I was legitimately surprised at how quickly it seemed to go by. I was like, just kind of just sitting there going like, man, no, that's happened. And I like hover the mouse over, and I'm like, it's been 40 minutes. Jesus, all right. Well, that's that's fine. Um, you know, I like. All right, well, just a little bit of backstory about my experience with Game of Thrones. I actually rediscovered in a by because I, like, I, I wanted to watch a recap video because it's been a while since I'd seen Game of Thrones. And it turns out I stuck with it through season four and then stopped. So I missed three seasons of the show, right? Yeah, this is season eight. So I missed three seasons of the show that I needed to be caught up on. I knew what happened. Because even though I wasn't watching the show actively, I would still read, like, plot synopses so I could still shoot the shit with people who were watching the show religiously, and people are absolutely correct. This is one of the best, if not the best, TV show on, like, air right now, and it is the culmination of, I think this show's been around for, like, because of, like, long gaps in between seasons, I think it's been around, like, for, like, ten years, I think it's been a decade, really, since the show truly began, and it's been an incredible ride. And I am so excited to get, like, the complete series DVD, like, because I missed a bunch of seasons. And God knows I'm not going to keep paying for HBO now once the show's over. Like, let's, you know, let's call a spade a spade. Next epic fantasy show that's coming down the pipeline is going to be on Amazon Prime, and that's Lord of the Rings. So I'm just going to get the whole series of Game of Thrones and then move on with with that and just go back and watch it all because it's been, it's a hell of a ride. Nobody's really sure how all this shit's gonna go down. I've got my own predictions, um, but it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of nice being back in the comforting arms of of Game of Thrones, much like Twilight Zone, where you know what you're getting into when you turn on the new episode of the Twilight Zone. Sinking back into the into the warm, comforting, blood-soaked pillows of Game of Thrones, you you get a good, strong feeling of what's happening. And I, I I say this now. Hopefully, I won't come to regret these words. I know nothing's ever going to destroy me as utterly as the red wedding did. Um, when it comes to this show, uh, I think the only thing that could do that would be like the the death of uh, Danny. If Danny doesn't make it out of this, like, cause there's a pretty clear happy ending here, right? Danny and John take the Iron Throne. They defeat the White Walker army. Cersei is dead story's over you know her her bought army is sent back across the waters the dragons help maintain order and the seven kingdoms are united under the banner of ice and fire that it seems the the most ideal happy ending right but this is game of thrones we're talking about so i'd be willing to bet that not everybody's gonna make it to the final episode um i don't i don't really have any ideas who's gonna kick it You know, at this point, there are so few awesome characters left that pretty much any one of them would come as a great shock and cause everybody to be really sad. But at the same time, this is the final season. So are they going to stick to their Game of Thrones guns? Or now that we are like beyond George R. R. Martin and he just kind of gave us a rough storyline, are the creators of the show going to wind back the sudden character deaths because they want to tell their own version of the story? It'll be interesting to see. Like I'd be willing to bet that if he ever gets around to it that the final book in the series is not going to be at all like the final season of the TV show. Cuz Martin would Martin killed where other story creators wouldn't. And I I wouldn't be surprised if like this ends like TV happy, you know? Um like everybody we love lives at the end and the evils are defeated and that's it. Like I'm I'm pretty I would be really happy if that's how it ended. Like, nothing would really make the series better. It's not really fitting in the tone with it, but since the tone is no longer truly Martin's and it's it's like a much more collaborative effort between the showrunners and the writers and stuff like that, I'll it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. 110%, I'm very excited. And I think it was a solid season opener, but again, was kinda hoping on more, but I will say that this episode was a wonderful example of showing and not telling. The acting in here, some of the facial expressions, you can see, you can watch the news of certain events wash over them like a fucking wave. The acting was on point. Incredible stuff. They were really giving it their all and I'm I'm excited to see the remaining five episodes of the season. It's gonna be fucking killer. So yeah, Game of Thrones, fucking check it out. And turns out there's a lot more ways to watch Game of Thrones than I was originally aware of. The cheapest is still just getting HBO Now, $15 a month. You can get it through Hulu, but that's the same price, it's $15, so if that's really more convenient for you, then go for it. Get it through Amazon Prime for $25, wouldn't recommend it. PlayStation View has it for also $15. Basically, the only way you can really watch it is for $15, and given that it's only around for six weeks, you get the first week for free with HBO Now, so, you know. You're probably going to spend 30 bucks to watch season, uh, season eight of Game of Thrones. Uh, like I'm going to, and then immediately cancel your subscription because once Game of Thrones is over, I know they're making like other Game of Thrones shows, like kind of pre this stuff, which could be good. Could be bad. Don't really know. Don't really care. I want to watch Game of Thrones and finish this shit. And then we can all collectively move on with our lives. So hooray. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. This week, we've got two fantastic songs for song of the week. Both came from movies I've seen quite recently. Yes, the movie soundtrack songs. Granted, the first song I'm going to talk about, the cover of the week, is far, far more than just a soundtrack song. Indeed, it was this person's number one, first number one hit on their solo career. uh, And it was nominated for a Grammy. It's a real big deal. It is Ain't a Mountain High Enough. Uh, perhaps most successfully uh, recorded by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, uh, and it became a hit again three years later when it was recorded by former Supreme Court woman Diana Ross. So there are multiple versions, but the version I I was listening to was the Marvin Gaye Tammy Terrell version from 1967. Heard the song from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy the other day, and it inspired me to cover. This is not the last Guardians of the Galaxy cover that I do for the show. I recorded a couple of them, but I wanted to start here because it's alphabetical. Now anyway, it's a really great song. I'm sure we've all heard it, so let's hear my terrible rendition of it. <laughs> Next song I want to talk about comes from the movie I've I'm going to talk about this episode if I haven't already Teen Titans go and I, I had to put it in here it's the upbeat inspirational song about life with Michael Bolton Hayden Walsh Tara Strong Scott Menville Gary Patton and Greg Greg Sipes and it is exactly what it sounds like it is an upbeat inspirational song about life it's got Michael Bolton in it it's just fun I love it. That movie's great. You should go watch it. And you can listen to both of these songs on the Going Up Cast Song of the Week playlist found at growingcast.com or if you go on Spotify, search Growing Up Cast Song of the Week. You'll find it, no problem. Click follow on that their playlist and you'll always have the new songs updated and when to talk about them. And if you have a song that you want to suggest for Song of the Week, you can email me at, at gmail.com. or shoot me a message using the contact page at goingcast.com forward slash contact. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Big news this past week in the online streaming service game, that's right, Disney Plus has finally announced its release date and its opening price point. It is coming November 12th this year at $6.99 a month. That is a little over half of what Netflix costs. Netflix is currently at its cheapest option, $12.99 a month. Now, Netflix has increased its price since it came out many years ago, and many people are expecting that this price will not remain where it is at, but if it follows the Netflix model of increasing it by one or two dollars every couple of years, then the, the loss of consumers, the attrition rate, you might call it, will be pretty minimal. Disney is expecting this service to be profitable in the next four years by 2024, and they are pumping fucking billions of dollars into original content, and we're talking high-end motherfucking content. We got The Mandalorian, a written-by and executive-produced-by show from Jon Favreau who made Iron Man and directed The Jungle Book and The Lion King remakes. It's a whole new thing of Star Wars. We've got at least... At least four Marvel tie-in, direct tie-in shows to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. One starring Loki. Tom Hiddleston has already signed on. We got one called Falcon and Winter Soldier. Same actors. We got one called Scarlet Witch and Vision, I believe, or it might be Black Widow. Can't remember. And they just announced another one today about Hawkeye teaching his his next his follow-up, um, Kate Bishop, to take over the mantle. So. There's that as well. There will be over 5,000 episodes of currently airing and old Disney Channel shows. There is going to be over 250 nature documentaries from National Geographic because Disney owns that shit now. Every season of The Simpsons is going to be on this motherfucking thing. Every Star Wars movie, countless classic Disney animated movies and cartoons, and Oh, my fucking God. A live-action remake of Lady and the Tramp and Peter Pan and Sword in the Stone are all going to be on this fucking thing. And it's $6.99 a month. Or $70 a year, breaking down to a monthly rate of about $5.83 a month. Holy shit. I am so on board. It's just, it's going to be fucking incredible. I don't even... Oh, man. Like... I was looking at Hulu, I was looking at HBO Go, you know, just, just like yesterday going like, oh man, I want to watch Game of Thrones. And I still do. Don't get me wrong. Um, But it's just like, this is, this is value. This is, this is crazy. If you're a diehard Disney fan, like I am, holy shit, Disney plus is going to be incredible. Now I did see a lot of people going like, oh no, Netflix is dead for sure. Well, now, hold on. Netflix is probably gonna be fine. And Hulu is also... Well, if it's fine or it isn't, Disney owns a majority share of Hulu now. So, there's probably going to be some sort of... They were talking about a bundle pack for, like, probably... I don't know. Probably, like, fourteen ninety nine a month. You get Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, which is another thing they're coming out with, and, and Hulu Plus Plus. Or just Hulu I guess so it's probably gonna be some kind of bundle thing um but honest to god there isn't much on Hulu that interests me especially when Hulu was the Fox thing like that was Fox's thing right uh but on Hulu like all the all the decent to watch Fox shows are now gonna be on Disney plus including the fucking Simpsons like you can't even get like DVDs of all the seasons of the Simpsons But now it's just like all 30, blam, right there, ready to go, ready to watch. And I'm just like, you know, people are going to buy this fucking service just for that. People are going to buy it just for the Star Wars stuff. And then you have people like me who's going to buy it and watch fucking everything. Now, the one thing I said that when Disney announced the streaming service like a couple of years ago, the best thing they could possibly do was create a fucking archive of everything they've done. If I can go on there and watch original like Silly Symphony cartoons, House of Mouse, and every theatrical Disney animated release that I've ever come out with, how about some straight to DVD stuff like Lion King 2, Lion King 1.5, an extreme goofy movie, Kronk's New Groove, is that stuff going to be on there? It fucking better be. If they do this shit right and it becomes a goddamn encyclopedic dictionary of everything Disney has ever done. Holy fuck! I'm so excited. This is actually not Disney's first foray into the streaming service. There's something overseas called Disney Life. If you're in uh, Europe or um, uh, I believe Oceania has it. I think um, the uh, like Japan and China and Korea have access to it as well, but not in uh, North America. And that has like 450 Disney things to watch. Um, I think it's more rotational than this sets than this is setting up to be. And all basically everything I just mentioned is going to be available at launch not like two years from now when you fucking turn that shit off for the first time bam literally thousands of things to watch granted it's probably not gonna be great you know you're gonna be like oh wow all five seasons of Cory in the house what a fucking what a joy this is you know sweet life of Zack and Cody woohoo but like you know there, there are some shows on there that I can almost guarantee you're going to be interested in watching because Disney Channel was pretty pervasive in my childhood and I can think of a handful of shows that I will be very excited to see again and you can see Disney Channel original movies like Johnny Tsunami and the other ones Xena, whatever her name was not Warrior Princess, that's, that was something else but there was, there was another one that started with like a Z This was the Kim Possible movie Um, they're making like a high school musical miniseries based off the movies I don't know that one's probably not going to be great but god I'm excited and it's, it's pretty big it's pretty big news Disney's acquisition of Marvel has changed the top six media companies down to the top five there are five media companies now and they are the following Comcast Walt Disney Time Warner which is Warner Brothers NBC Universal which is oh wait nope sorry that's Comcast that's Comcast so it's Comcast owns NBC and Universal. Uh, Disney owns Fox now, so Fox is gone. There's Viacom, which a lot of people forget about because that's like Nickelodeon and stuff. And then there's Time Warner and at and I believe, are the are the big five now. Um, I think that's right. Let me, let me double check. I'm spouting this off like big five media companies. It used to be six. Now it's five. Um because with the acquisition of Fox so it is don't tell me all this shit I want the list give me the list don't rattle on about dumb crap that nobody gives a shit about I want the list what is it? what is the list? god damn it alright uh no definitely not definitely not any of that um I mean, it might still be News Corp a little bit. CBS, that's it. It was CBS, that's who I'm thinking of. So yeah, it's it's Disney, Viacom, CBS, Time Warner, and Comcast. Those are the those are the big five. Those five companies own basically every sort of media you consume. You consume. So it's pretty it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. And Disney single handedly eliminated one of its major competitors. This is this is huge. Now, I know what everybody's going to get all up on their high horse about, and it's uh, the whole, like, monopoly of entertainment and how these five companies basically control everything we see and do. Um, and to be fair, absolutely the case. But you also have to remember that there's, like, there are smaller forms of entertainment. That's what indie movies are all about. That's what, like, local amusement parks are all about. Like, you know, you can figure out how to not participate in these in their in their media game but at the same time i've been brainwashed by disney from, from like a very young age to fucking love everything they do so bring it on i am so excited there's is, there's is nothing that that company won't come out with why i won't be like ooh. i mean i love disney and i cannot wait for disney plus so you are going to get a pretty biased information stream from me when it comes that stuff because I'm going to be talking about it a lot. Especially when it comes out later this year. So, thanks for listening to my rambling about that. And let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. It is the start of book six of Harry Potter and the Prince. Who is only filled up to, like, naval level of blood. It is going to be quite a ride. Ten weeks... 10 solid weeks, 3 chapters a week, there are 30 chapters in book 6, breaks down nicely. And we're going to start off this week with a highlight from chapter 3, but of course, 3 chapters. We got chapter 1, The Other Ministry, chapter 2, Spinner's End, and chapter 3, Will and Won't. One of my favorite things about this book is how much fun Dumbledore is, and uh, me just, you know, shooting off the pop culture references, like some kind of comedic canon. Let's listen to a little bit of chapter three, will and won't. I don't mean to be rude, he began in a tone that threatened rudeness with every syllable. Yet, sadly, accidental rudeness occurs alarmingly often, uh, Dumbledore finished the sentence gravely. But say nothing at all, my dear man, nothing at all, nothing at all, nothing at all! Ah, then this must be Petunia. The kitchen door had opened and there stood Harry's aunt, wearing rubber gloves and a house coat over her nightdress, clearly halfway through her usual pre-time, uh, pre-bedtime time pre wipe-down of all the kitchen surfaces. Her other horsey face registered nothing but shock. Nothing but shock. Nothing but shock. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, God. Oh, that's fun. Three brand new Harry Potter chapters drop every Wednesday night. For your listening pleasure, and do take a look at the promo video I filmed for book six, now available at GoAmCast.com forward slash audiobooks forward slash book six, where we finally get to lay eyes on my longtime collaborator, Terry McGillicuddy. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. (music) This past week was a big week for nerds, and you want to know why it was a big week for nerds? I guess it was a big week for us all when they dropped the latest trailer. The first trailer for the end of it all. At least that's what they say. Star Wars Episode 9. And we even got a subtitle for it. It's called The Rise of Skywalker. And that's when I tap my chin and hum thoughtfully to myself and I go, I wonder who they're talking about. And it's probably because fucking Rey is his daughter. But, you know, it's supposed to be like a big surprise or whatever. Who's the mom? We don't fucking know. The books told us who it was, but the books aren't canon anymore, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, the trailer was pretty good. Uh, there were definitely a couple of things that I personally enjoyed seeing. Like, number one, we uh, got a good look at Mr. Billy D. Williams coming back as Lando Calrissian wearing the same shit he wore fucking 35,000 years ago. So that looks really cool. It looks like he's having a lot of fun up there on the Millennium Falcon. There were There's a lot of questions there's a ton of questions that we all have uh, with this movie Uh, Like it looks like Rey's back on her original planet of can't remember uh, and doing something with somebody in a light ship racer tie fighter looking uh, fucking uh, new order crap uh, person chasing chasing her down so there was that Uh, then there was another ship that looked like an A-wing flying somewhere god fucking knows uh, you know, there's a lot, there's lots of details and stuff like that. We had some Luke Skywalker narration. We saw some Carrie Fisher, which surprised the hell out of me because I thought they didn't have any footage of of her for this movie, because uh, she died. So I'm wrong, um, which is which is great, and because I want to see more more of Carrie Fisher for sure. Um, but I think, I mean, the big questions I have after this trailer are number one. What planet are they on that has the remnants of the Death Star? Which Death Star is it? And how the fuck is Palpatine still alive? Because that's who's laughing at the end. In case you couldn't ID that. It's fucking Palpatine. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Now we're now we're in some shit. And this is like, I think this is the, like, after Endgame, naturally, coming out later this month. This is the next movie I'm excited for because how is he still there and the trailer is all about like those who die never really leave us they're always with you always and then it cuts to black and it's just palpatine going like oh it's so good it was such a great laugh and not expecting that at all and i just i like I sat up straighter my german oh fuck it's palpatine and it's it's very exciting now my theory is that the planet they're on, so the Endor, that like the forest moon of Endor, was, you know, it's a moon. My guess is that the the uh, the Death Star that they're actually looking at is the second Death Star on the planet that the forest moon of Endor is circling, which is actually still called Endor. It's the forest moon of Endor, you know? The forest moon is called Endor, and the planet that they're circling is called Endor. It's both Endor because they're bad at naming things, but that's my, that's what my money's on. Uh, because if I recall that planet was blue and there was a, I mean, the Death Star fell in water and that would make sense. Like that's the only time a Death Star has been near a planet in order for it to do that. The last time, like the Death Star was anywhere near a planet, that shit got fucking annihilated. Like it went and like explode, like. There's no way a chunk this big would have survived from that Death Star explosion. So it's got to be the second one. And it's which makes more sense cuz that's where Palpatine went down, right? Has to be the second Death Star. And it's most likely in the Endor system. So it looks like we're going to get a return back to Endor. Once again, we got the we got the fucking mirror between the original saga and the new shit, right? Fucking Force Awakens was a new hope, hands down. Uh, Last Jedi tried to do Return of the Jedi where it kind of ends dark and like not really happy but the difference between that is Return of the Jedi is the best Star Wars movie and The Last Jedi fucking sucked so you know there's the difference there and in this one we're going back to Endor we've got Lando flying the Millennium Falcon again we've got Palpatine like it's it's Return of the Jedi especially because it's called Rise of Skywalker so yeah guess what we're seeing the Return of the Jedi once more so, it's... Look, I, I get it, alright? It's it's cyclical. It repeats. It's like the fucking Dark Souls series. But I am, I'm still excited. Like, I didn't see Solo. I could give a fuck about Solo. I didn't like Rogue One. I didn't like The Last Jedi. The Force Awakens was okay. But I'm gonna see this one because it doesn't matter what came before it. It's Star Wars. Get your ticket. Get in line. I'm going to see it. Chances are a lot of you are going to go see it. It's fucking Star Wars. Comes out during the holiday season, and I've already spoken about it in length, how much Disney is going to clean up this year. It is pretty insane, especially with the launch of its new fucking streaming service, which we just talked about. News further down the pipeline, Netflix stocks took a huge hit, and Disney stocks went up pretty fucking high when this news dropped and a lot of people are saying this is oh no it's the death of netflix it won't be the death of netflix netflix is see like competition is good like from an economic standpoint you always want competition more options for the consumer it's always good All right? when you have these monopolies and oligarchies over various aspects of life that's when huge problems can occur, like them jacking up the prices to ungodly levels, and you having no alternative to go to. You know, um, like what's most likely going to happen is Disney's incredibly cheap price of six ninety nine a month will not last. I don't think anybody is under the illusion that that is going to last. We might get a year out of it before they raise the prices again. Um, which, honest to God, might make it worthwhile to get to buy like the year you know that way at least it's it was locked in you know what i mean so if they do change the price within that first year you don't have to worry about it because you already bought the year at the discounted price so if you got the the you know the 60 bucks to just do a year might be worth it because you know that price is going up you can i can feel it in my bones that price is going up they would be fools to not make it go up so i don't think it's smart to operate under the illusion of that price remaining the same. But I will be surprised if they change the price within the first year. Given, you know, Netflix even took a couple of years in order for that price to go up. And it was mostly because they needed the money to fund projects. Now Netflix doesn't have the, the capital that Disney does. Disney is a multi-billion, if not trillion dollar company on a good year. And it's got the money to throw at this shit. So we might see the price remain low for a little while. Disney is going with a low price to try to get as many people into the service as humanly possible and build that subscriber base quickly. Like, that's that's their goal. They want people to get in on the service. So, they've made it inexpensive. And they've front-loaded it with a shit ton of content. There aren't many people I, sp- like I talk to who won't get the service. It's It's too much of a deal. Like, it's... It's fantastic. I am so excited for it. And think about it. Like, hell, once, like, I've got Netflix. I'm thinking about getting Hulu. And I actually, I already have Hulu because I get Spotify Premium. And they just had a thing where, like, you get Hulu with Spotify Premium. So, I have Hulu. I've been thinking about getting HBO. But $15 a month for Game of Thrones is a little steep. Um, for, for my liking. Hell, I almost, since it's the final season, I'm almost tempted to just wait till I can get the whole series and just be like, bam, bye, you know, now I have it all. But once like Disney hits the, like comes out, like hell, every show I want to watch is available on one or multiples of these streaming services and I won't need cable anymore. I know I still have cable. I know a lot of my friends don't, but, um, I want to watch things like the Orville and Flash, like as they air, um but then after that, I mean, probably I'll just, I'll just ax it. Don't need it anymore. So yeah, I'm like paying, paying, what would that be? Like 30 bucks a month, uh, for my, for my multiple streaming services is still in my head a better value than paying for cable. So, and I don't have to deal with commercials. So a woo hoo, except I do have to deal with ads on Hulu. That's why I haven't really used it yet, but that new Star Wars trailer looks pretty fucking dope. And I am very, very excited. I hope they don't make the mistake of coming out with a trailer in like four months that shows us Palpatine. I think they need to keep that a secret. I don't want to know what he looks like. Like his laughter is all I need. I don't want to hear other lines. Keep that shit under wraps. Alright? Just coast with other aspects in the movie? Totally fine. Just like shots of the heroes maybe some just cheesy narration being like i always knew it would end like this maybe kylo ren going like this is your final chance and ray going i don't believe you and just you know just some fucking fluff and play the theme song show me the title don't show me any more palpatine no more palpatine don't show us fucking anything i want to go into that movie theater and when his old wrinkled ass face shows up on the screen like burnt or crisp because of all the lightning energy God, it'll be great. It'll be fucking great. Just like how I didn't know Yoda was going to be in The Last Jedi. Like, that that moment of surprise was, like, the best part of that film. The Last Jedi had two redeeming scenes. It was the bit with Yoda, and then the light speed kamikaze flight, which is still one of the coolest things I've ever seen put to film. So, anyway, let's move on to the next thing in podcast. Apologies for the noise in the background. It's cold in my room, so I have the heating on. But I just watched one of Netflix's brand new shows, Wild vs. You, or You vs. Wild, or You Wild vs. However, the title screen loads in and basically What it is, is you've got Bear grills fighting for his life, trying to solve a mission, whether it's saving a doctor or some other bullshit. And what happens is, he's got two choices, or he goes across the ravine to where there's a giant man-eating alligator, or he goes back the way he came, where a snake has cut off his escape route, and you decide and it's it's a choose your own adventure where you got bear fucking grills and he's just out dicking in like a jungle or whatever the fuck i've only seen the first two episodes but um it's got it's got everything you want in a choose your own adventure it's got fail states it's got him talking shit about your poor decision making it's a ton of fun uh each each like journey is told over two parts so it's an eight episode series, there are four stories to tell. It's got a, like, an air of Dora the Explorer-esque, like, our mission today is we've got to find a doctor who's carrying life-saving medicine for a village out in the jungle. And then you find the doctor, but she's too tired to carry on, so you gotta take the medicine to the to the village yourself and you gotta, you gotta get there before the time runs out, because the medicine goes bad in 24 hours because the high temperatures of the jungle, and it's, it's great, it's fucking wonderful, it is, it's, it's so much fun to have them succeed, it's so much fun to watch them fail, it, like, the response time is pretty quick, so even if you fuck up and you gotta, like, pick the other option by going back, it's not like you're gonna be sitting there for a while, it's, It's pretty snappy. I'd imagine it's pretty uh, determinant on your internet connection, but as long as you got a a decent, you know, connection, you're probably able to enjoy this show fairly easily. I'm a really big fan of it, and I love this interactive uh, media thing that Netflix is doing. What with Bandersnatch and now this, like, I want them to do this way more. And this is such a wonderful, like first step like it makes so much sense to have somebody like Bear Grylls do a choose your own adventure like out in the world surviving the harshest climates and the most dangerous animals and it it fits so fucking perfectly and oh man I can't wait to see what else they do it's like welcome to hometown country kitchen today we're gonna be making this or this and it's like you're baking a cake and the chef's like should I add four eggs or 12 eggs, and he just like fucks up the cake because you picked the wrong ingredients. And he's like, well, we've just wasted an hour and a half of our time. Looks like we're gonna have to order in. Like, ah, fuck, I'd love that. I'd love the shit out of that. I wanna, I should make that. I don't know how I'd get it interactive where you pick your options, but I think I'd film it that it's one path and it's all the wrong options. I think that'd be a lot of fun, but I'm really excited to see what else Netflix does with this, with this concept because it's, it's awesome. And I love it. It's so much fun. Like imagine like you're throwing a party or something. You got like 12 people and you're all watching you versus wild just shouting at the screen, like which path to take. And oh, it would be, it'd be a fucking, it's an adventure that, that is a great fucking show to watch with friends and Bandersnatch is a great fucking movie to watch with people because you're all arguing over which choice to take and you're just getting involved in the story when you have a hand in like the media you're you're playing it's oh it's so good that's why video games are so popular but I'm a real big fan of it I will say like most things replay value is you get two good runs out of it I'll say it's not non-existent because in it like you pick a path that's different from the other path and you're going to see new stuff that's like, you know, they, they took time. It's not like it's like lower quality and the bad options. It's the same. Fu- it's still Bear girls going like, Roy, you went with this option. Let's go. And he like, he goes off and there's more to it. So I'd say given that it's a, it's a choice A or choice B system, you might be able to get a couple of playthroughs out of it. But after the second one and you picking like another option, it's, you're going to get less on your return on investment. So you can do it a couple of times, no problem, but it's not going to be difficult for you to figure out which is like the fastest route. If speed is an option, you know, like it's, it'll be, uh, it'll be pretty straightforward. Um, some of the, like, I think, I think what's key to know about this show is that it isn't like, you know, you know, I'm surviving and this is real. Like it doesn't portray itself like that at all it's it's a hundred percent like Dora the Explorer like it's here's our mission what do we do looks like we fucked up back to the drawing board like it's it's totally because he's constantly going he's talking to the camera and it's like you decide what we do and it's it's fine I love it it's it is it's lighthearted it's just a, a good romp cannot recommend it enough I live for this type of shit. It's so up my alley. I'm going to watch some more. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. A little late on uh, this particular bandwagon because this movie came out last year, but thanks to my recent HBO subscription, I was able to finally watch the Teen Titans Go to the Movie Movie. That's right. Good old Teen Titans Go. Now, let's just get this out of the way right now. I fucking loved the original Teen Titans show. I still think it's one of the best animated shows that I've seen. The first couple of, like, season five's a bit of a drag, I'll be completely honest, and if it was up to me, I would've stopped after season four because you can't beat fucking Trigon. That fucking whole three-episode finale was simply superb, and if you stop watching the show there, it's... Phenomenal! It is so fucking good. I love it. And I've seen quite a few episodes of the, of new Teen Titans Go, and while it is not the same show, and you'd be foolish to think it was, it is still pretty fucking funny. Like, say what you will, but Teen Titans Go is funny? That shit is hilarious. And this movie was no exception. This movie was uproarious, one might even say. I haven't laughed that hard. <laughs> And there were like four or five moments where I was just straight, like full belly, like hard laughter. And, oh man, it's been a while since I, since I felt that kind of, that kind of laughter from a film. It's very funny. Um, I mean, let's, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, it's this uh, incredible Citizen Kane as, it's not, it's not, it's a, it's a great movie. It's funny. It achieves its goals excellently. Um, I don't think there was a dull moment, like, music's super solid, the pop culture references are thick and abundant. It is spread over this movie like a thick layer of jam, there's so much for you to sink your teeth into. Like, all the background art, there's tons of in-jokes there, what they're saying in the script, how they handle certain situations, their representation of not only DC movies but like all superheroes, it's really solid, it's super good. If you enjoy irreverent humor, um, you're you're gonna like this movie. Like, all, all right. So just to give you an idea, first first five minutes, there's a there's a big villain. Uh, that's the giant balloon, and they they pop a hole in his butt, and it makes a fart sound effect for like a solid 30 seconds. And, all you know, it's one of those things where you don't giggle at first, but it it keeps going just long enough where it got a couple giggles out of me. Like, if you're not gonna think that's funny, you're not gonna like the movie. It's just kind it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, you're just, it's like, and you're just kinda like, oh, really, fart jokes? And then, when it goes on for another 20 seconds, you're just like It's one of those things. If you don't think that's funny, you're not gonna like the movie. I'll tell you that straight up. It's got Nick Cage in it, uh, he was playing Superman, and uh, according to the credits his kid nick cage's kid is the voice of young bruce wayne in this movie and his kid's name is kal-el which is superman's real name and i had forgotten nick cage named his kid that and i bet you did too his fucking kid's name is kal L cage fuck what a power name it's it's really funny that movie is um is very good Well, or it was like the, the voice of Slade and the producer and you could tell he had a pretty significant hand in this film and that he's a funny dude. He's a funny dude. Oh man. It's it's really solid. But there's this bit at the end. Getting real serious now. There's a bit at the end. Movie's over. And it's like the the movie goes like all staticky and stuff. And it's the original animated Teen Titans and they're like I think we're getting through and then Robin goes I think we found a way to get back and then it just cuts to the credits and I'm like maybe the people who made this movie thought that if it did well enough which it did that it could be seen as a gateway of bringing back the original Teen Titan show which would be incredible but I'm I don't know what the the follow through of that was um this movie was a critical Success. It got like a 94 on Rotten Tomatoes. It did very well in the box office. Like, the movie was successful. 100%. The Teen Titans show is successful. The DC Universe platform is successful. It's still making new stuff. So, I mean, the stage is set. If they want to bring Teen Titans back, the fucking. I can tell you right now that the fan base is fucking ready and raring to go. Like, I would kill for new Teen Titans stuff. But the last thing I want is for them to bring it back and have it suck. And after all, I am of the opinion that even though they wanted an the original six seasons of the first show, they really should have stopped after season four because season five isn't very good and season four ends stronger than anything that came before it. See, the thing with the original Teen Titans show was that each season fixated on a particular hero. And don't get me wrong, there are elements of season five that were phenomenal, but that's not really... It, it definitely takes a dip. Season one is all about Robin and Slade. Season two is, um, is Starfire as fuck. Season three is Cyborg as fuck, and season four was Raven and Trigon. And season five was Beast Boy. So that's how that's how that broke down. That was that was their kind of their fixating point. I'm guessing season six was more of a, a unified Teen Titan group dynamic. Um but this isn't me harping on about the original show, and I could harp on about the original show for fucking ever, and how some of those episodes were fucking almost traumatizing. They were crazy dark, and I loved it anyway teen titans go to the movie very funny super super fucking funny and it is definitely worth seeing but again if you don't like fart jokes granted there's only one all right there's one nope wait nope sorry they do they do mention a couple like the first fart joke is like the biggest fart joke and it's i i laughed i don't care i don't give a fuck that shit's funny anyway go check it out if you have hbo watching watching the the fucking game of thrones and so let's move on to the next thing in the podcast Final thing before we call it a day, I streamed for, uh, for everybody on Sunday, played a little bit of Diablo two Lord of Destruction, which is my all time favorite game. And we did the entirety of act one in like two and a half hours. Um, and it was a ton of fun and I loved it, but I didn't find out until afterwards that it turns out the microphone that has been on for my streaming was my fucking webcam microphone, so I sound super distant and shitty, and I had absolutely no idea. It has now been fixed, and we're gonna double check that shit at the dawn of every stream now, uh, but I do apologize for streaming for two and a half hours and no one could hear me. So that is my bad, but next time we stream, which will be sometime in May, um, it will be better. Although, that being said, I do want to stream act two of Diablo II, um, sometime soon, so. Maybe it'll be sooner than we think. At which case, you should follow me on Twitter at m a r j n k o r or on Instagram at Andrew underscore Logan underscore letter N underscore stuff. Andrew Logan stuff. So that'll do it for this week on the Going Up Cast. Thank you very much for listening. We talked about a lot of stuff this week. A lot of stuff. This is this is one of my one of my more favorite episodes. There was a ton of content. I I love those sorts of things. And enjoy book six that drops tomorrow night. I'll see y'all next week, where we'll talk about a whole host of other stuff, including the next episode of Game of Thrones. Talk to y'all later.